Hi, you're listening to episode 45 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Swapna Krishna, and we are recording on Friday, May 8th. Everything is terrible! Yeah, obligatory yeah. everything sucks. Yeah, everything but... sucks. <laughs> I feel like that's what, like, every morning I get on, like, Gchat with Preeti, and before, like, I even really say good morning, I have some sort of, like, angry rant. <laughs> It's like it's the times we live in. That's just basically so, uh, what I'm like every morning at Preeti about something. So, I feel like you've got your angry rant and I've got my I haven't slept in four days. Yes, but look at what I made on Animal Crossing. <laughs> look at what I could a depressed person make this? Literally, I have used that gif at Preeti more in the last like month than I have my entire life. <laughs> we're gonna put a link to your latest magnificent creation in the show notes because everybody like literally baby and I watched this on repeat for literally like 35 minutes yesterday and he giggled every time and it's, it was it was really good it made um, it worth it <laughs> um, literally I feel like he we watched it as long as it take took you to make it probably yeah it was it was definitely like I had to like I did I did a lovely little animal animal crossing montage with some things I found in my store on my island and and I won't spoil the surprise if you haven't seen it it's pretty good it's pretty good it's it's uh pretty good no I mean like I mean I think it's pretty good not in like a like like, a negative way but like it's like it's it's like it's pretty great like I just generally am really enjoying like the things people are making in Animal Crossing and what they're doing yeah. with it and like the creative ways people are using it. I think that's really, I would love to see like some actual like in-depth articles that aren't just like, here's what people are doing, but like kind of the psychological benefit and like escape people are finding in this game. I would love to read that kind of once, you know, stuff. I don't think we're returning to normal anytime soon. So I don't want to put it that way, but you know what I mean? Yes. What stuff isn't as dire. Yes. Agreed. Um, all right. Okay. We could, I feel like we could wax philosophic about Animal Crossing for the entire episode. Yes. So <laughs> let's, let's move on. Some news. Yes. Some big news for us, which I don't, I don't know how big this news is, like, to the world at large. but Especially to the people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> right. Especially we talk a lot about sci-fi and fantasy, but... But today, very briefly, we want to talk about our shared love of procedural television. <laughs> so um, there was a, I mean, and I feel like it's especially like of a time, I like procedurals generally, I will watch almost any procedural, but there was a time on USA that like sort of mid-budget, like formulaic <laughs> procedures that all had like their own aesthetic like each every, yep. every single one had a different aesthetic but had a very particular kind of aesthetic mm-hmm. um was like the rage and I think I watched every single one of those shows except one and I think you also watched every single one of those shows except one I've watched at least pieces of most of them yeah. and only I actually only think I've watched two all the way through so I've watched most of them all the way through while they were airing <laughs> but one that I missed was leverage and one that Preeti missed was royal pains yep so, and so we're doing a swap <laughs> we're doing a swap I'm watching leverage Preeti's watching royal pains 
Um, and we're going to talk about that on a future episode. But the reason that kind of this all came up was because uh, first leverage is they're doing you talk, you know, more about the show. Well, so like, what are they doing exactly? So they're bringing it back. I don't, I don't really know what that means. They're bringing it back um, with almost the whole cast, not including Timothy Hutton because of some issues <laughs> we'll we'll leave it at that um but bringing noah wiley back in his place which i'm very excited about because i love noah wiley uh and what makes that so great is leverage i think was perfect before its time like the the subtitle of leverage could be eat the rich mm-hmm. and so i'm thrilled that it's coming back now when i think we need it more than ever yeah yeah when I was, okay, so full, full disclosure, in my head, I'd always had the show's leverage and damages confused. <laughs> so when Preeti was, which is different. very different. And so when Preeti was really excited about leverage coming back, I was really confused because I'm like, this does not sound like her kind <laughs> of show. And then so I'm like, she's telling me about it and I'm reading the description. I'm like, wait, this is like stealing from rich like it's a heist drama that's stealing from rich people and she's like yeah it's great i'm like starring glenn close and she was like like, wait no no. what are what are you okay so this is full (laughs) disclosure um but also on top of the leverage news it looks like white collar which is honestly one of my favorite shows of all time. It's so good. <laughs> uh, They're talking about bringing back White Collar in some fashion. We don't really know what, but they're definitely in talks to do it. I really hope it happens because I love the show so much. Um, so, yes, um, that's uh, that's kind of that news. We're yeah, we're, we're, we're very excited about yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you know what I realized we forgot to add on here? Mm-hmm. Was the Clone Wars anthology news? Oh yeah, I guess we should talk about that. I guess so, there's some news. There's, I mean, and it's not really news. It's more that I'm like I can share now. That's news. That's yeah. Okay, that's that's news. news. Okay, it's so weird. breaking news revealed first on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, some character I'm writing. Star Wars author is going to reveal the subject of her Clone Wars short story. Oh my god. I love you so much. I don't hate machine. Um, it's us. It's it's Anakin. I'm writing yes! Anakin. Yes. Okay, we're gonna. Start? I think we're gonna get deep into Preeti's Anakin feels in our Clone Wars discussion. Oh, we later. are. But do you want to talk about like why specifically, without any spoilers for the new season, that you wanted to talk about? And w- to be fair, you hadn't seen the new season when you chose. Anakin. No, I hadn't. Uh, but I chose Anakin. Did you choose Anakin? I mean. He's, I think Anakin is a fascinating character. And, and like you said, we're going to get into our Anakin feels yeah. um, in, in just a few minutes. But he's, to me, Anakin represents the complete tragedy of the Skywalker family, which is so sad and so heartbreaking. And the reason I love Clone Wars so much for his character is I think Clone Wars gives him the depth and gives us the anxiety we deserve when we're watching his story in the prequels. Like it, it makes it so much harder to hate him when you get to see what kind of person he could have been and was in the Clone Wars series. So I'm not going to say what episode it was or what the story is, but writing Anakin and, and getting to be inside his head was 
bananas and I was so say, awesome. how did it feel like coming you and I have talked so much about how um I don't really feel what you see in the movies Anakin's story is as much is, is a really a tragedy I don't have those feelings but after watching the show god is it a tragedy it, oh. it's, it's not that it's not a tragedy but you're not emotionally invested in the character from the movies not, not as intensely yeah and it's hard now for me to separate all of, it's hard for me to separate Anakin in the Clone Wars from Anakin in the movies because one has informed the other so intensely. Exactly. And it's the same character. It's just right. It's just different writing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the the prequels had a job to do, and they did it in terms of like they needed to tell this massive story, and it's hard to tell that massive story when you want to focus so heavily on one character. The Clone Wars had seven seasons to do it, yeah. and. So in Clone Wars, you really get to see, I think it's the, the, what I love so much about it is the pain of that loss of potential Mm -hmm. and, and the inevitability of his story. Both of those things within Clone Wars, I think leads to a really heartbreaking, but satisfying kind of, uh, piece of the entire Skywalker lore. Mm -hmm. And so having to put yourself in that space and recognize both, you know, his passion and love for his friends and his family and what's coming was really an intense thing to do while writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very excited for this anthology. I know, excited. me too. And so all the other good. stories are so good. Have you read them yet? I haven't read all of them. I've read a few mm-hmm. and like Anne Ursu, her her piece is so good and Zoraida's Ventress story is like out of this oh, world. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize Zoraida was writing Ventress. Yeah, she's oh writing Ventress. Oh my god, I love Ventress. Yeah, it's going to be real good because it obviously like they're all stories that we know, but it's the interiority that the to bring to the table that makes it something different. And I think I like, I, I love the idea of seeing these characters I love from authors I love, but that haven't written them yet. Mm-hmm. I love, like, that's the thing I love about, like, the way Star Wars is doing generally its uh, expanded universe. Like, not going back to the same authors over and over again. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> if an author gets a character really well, you know, like, for example, like, like, E.K like Kate Johnston being able to write two Padme novels because she yes. gets that character so well, but then getting mm-hmm. to see, a, you know, like it's, just, I love the, I love the way they're doing. I think that. they're doing a really, really good job. Yeah, I think they are. Um, okay. So can't wait. And when does that, when does that come out? August. Okay. So 20. August, <laughs> August, 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 2020. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, and you also, you like, you also had more news this week. Yeah. They jumped the cover. I know we didn't, we didn't write any of the sound. I, know, and I was just like, Oh, we probably should call, talk about that too. <laughs> uh, yeah. They revealed the cover for a Jedi. You will be, which is the Yoda picture book oh, um, that I wrote. So and cute. it's, so cute. Mike D's illustrated the book and his Yoda might be my favorite Yoda. Like he's just this like cute little old man. And I just want to like, oh, I just want to hug you. He's so sweet looking and the cover is so sweet. And it's, it's another thing where you're like, I'm putting words in Yoda's mouth and that's yeah. super weird. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, very strange. Yeah. Fair, but you're 
but we'll link, we'll link out to uh, the cover and yeah. the interview. Nerdist, Nerdist revealed it yesterday um, and did a short interview. <sighs> it's so wild. It's weird. It's all very weird. It's at some point in the next um, as as these release dates get closer, we should do a, a episode kind of a, talking with you. I want to hear about what it's like to promote a book right now. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I I just I just that. I feel like it's an interesting conversation because it's just so bad. Like, but yeah, like, and like, it's interesting. It's been a bummer, but it's also yeah. like. You're also bringing, like, I mean, like, right now people are looking for sources of, small sources of joy and hope more than ever, and I feel like people are buying more books because they're at home and have something to do, and so, like, yeah, we'll see. They need content. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But, yeah, we can have that conversation, because I agree, and maybe we can bring on some other people to talk about it. Yeah, I would love, I think it would be really interesting. In this very weird, strange boat right now of having to promote things in, like, a horrible timeline and as like publicists are getting furloughed and marketing people are getting furloughed at publishers like i feel like there's always been a huge burden on um authors to promote their own stuff but it's gotten a lot worse Mm -hmm. and all the like normal avenues bea bookcon you know a you know ala like all these things (laughs) are getting i don't know if they've made a decision about i mean they can't have ALA this summer. Like, I mean, no, ALA has been canceled. It got canceled uh, about a month ago, I think. Yeah. Like, it's just, these are the normal venues people use. Like it's, it's hard. So it's hard, but we'll discuss, we'll discuss the, uh, I think unique ways people are rising to the occasion. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So let's get out of bummer news. (laughs) Yeah. Onto our, our angsty, handsome boy. Yes. Uh, we've both been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, that's true. Not Anakin. Cloud. Um, we've both been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. I finished it, I think, early this week. Um, you are probably three quarters of the, like, past the halfway, maybe not quite to the three quarters mark, but. Yeah, I'm about, I want to say, like, 13, 14 hours into my gameplay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you've got, you've still got a while to go. Okay. Um, it's amazing. The graphics are amazing. The story is amazing. Like, I, it's just an incredible, incredible game. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a really good game. I think my one, and you and I have talked about this, my one issue with it is, like, I think I have spent about 35 hours on it, and I'm used to Final Fantasy games being a solid 50 hours. And I wish there was a little bit more, uh, but I also know we're getting probably multiple sequels is from what I've heard. Um, so that, is, that will be really exciting. I think the way they've redone this game is fantastic. And I'm not going to spoil anything for Preeti or anybody who hasn't <laughs> uh, played the game yet. But like the ending is just like not what I expected. And um, considering it's a remake, that's saying something. Oh, I can't wait. So, I'm yeah, so excited. Really I'm trying to like savor it. And so I'm yeah. not playing like I'll play like, you know, a couple hours one day and then give it a break for a couple days and then come back because I don't want it to be over. That's like, what I, I feel did, like too. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. It, because you don't it's like Jedi Fallen Order. Like I feel like Jedi Fallen Order was such an amazing game, but it got over so fast. Yes. Like, I, I felt the same way about this game. Like right? it was it's just, very similar. It's not a game I wanted to put like 10 hours at a time into um and that's I think a compliment not like I didn't hold my interest for 10 hours but I wanted to savor it Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's uh it's a really really 
good game. And if so, if you are on the fence about it and you're kind of like, is a remake worth buying? Coming from a background, I played and absolutely adored the original. Preeti did not play the original. I didn't. And we both love it. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if that, if that, you know. I think, you a, I think that's a sale. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I feel like if a person who didn't play the original and who played and loved the original, both are just like, yes. I think I think the uh, the person who shouldn't buy this is if you played the original and hated the story and the characters, probably do not buy this game. I don't know that, who that person is, but if that is you, do not buy this game. Um, okay, so a quick update on Patreon rewards because we owe uh, quite... I, um, because I am in charge of fulfillment, um, I'm not going to put this on Preeti. Oh, a lot of you rewards. We have the pins, we have the stickers. It's just a matter of I have a young child at home and just like finding like an hour to sit down and do something has been a real challenge. I'm hoping in the next uh, few weeks I can get to it, but they are coming. We have them. We are not trying to hold out on you and I am sorry. Um, so yes, that is, that's what's going on yeah. with those. Yeah. Yeah. We just ask for some grace. Yes. Um, so let's move on to, I guess the main, um, <laughs> I think we're not going to really, we're just going to go straight into spoilers with this. Um, I don't yeah. think we're gonna, we're, there's not really a point in discussing it without spoilers. So if you, um, have not watched, finished the last episode of the last season yet, um, do not. I would just uh, turn this episode off and come back when you're done. Okay. Oh my so, god. Yeah. So Preeti and I, if you recall, in our last uh, episode, we were enjoying the first season, but kind of like why the emphasis on the clones and like this storyline is dragging out a little bit with the Ahsoka and the sisters, but also recognizing that Dave Filoni, we both trust Dave Filoni as a master storyteller, and he was taking us through all these stories for a reason. And now I'm like, yeah. Turns out we were right. Yep. 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 Um, I think, for example, I think just an example of why that is, like, without, like, the clones episodes are never my favorite episodes of the Clone Wars, like the episodes that focus on the clones, but without them, that scene where Ahsoka was standing in front of all their graves would not have had any sort of, you know what I mean? Like, to, to give a scene like that the gravitas it deserves and to like feel the sorrow she has at having to kill all these people who and to make the emphasis that if they are people they're not just clones they're people Mm -hmm. you have to have those they were her friends yeah yeah and that's we saw i mean this was maybe We've seen we've seen Order sixty sixty six from kind of several perspectives at this point. Yeah. Um, whether it's the comics or the books or what have you. And this I think was one of the most hard hitting and compelling versions of it that we've ever seen. Um yeah. the the last what uh five episodes, I think, four four or five episodes of this season are take place almost entirely during Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And primarily from Ahsoka's point of view. And it is so intensely, like we were saying earlier, like heartbreaking, but in a necessary way. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you have like, okay, let's start. Let's start at kind of the beginning of Ahsoka's return to the fold with Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. She's been found by the Mandalorians, by Bo-Katan, which was like Mm -hmm. so exciting to see. And she brings them to the Jedi, which 
this will she be the uses, first. She uh, Anakin's private like mm-hmm. channel, which we find is called Fulcrum, which is the name Ugh. that Ahsoka adopts as. Yeah, as the, it's, it's the name. I God, like it's just like everything is like a little paper cut. Yeah, and then it's like death by a thousand cuts. Like it's just. Um, so that's the name in um, Rebels that Ahsoka, the Rebel code name, her uh, code name that she adopts. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> It's going to be a lot of us being, like, deep sighs and, like, trying not to cry because it is this, like... It's so much. So much. It's... I, I, like, I told someone, I was like, I just, I want to die because of my feelings. Like, that's why, and, like, that's why this week has been, every week has been bad, but this week has been singularly bad for me. Like, it's just one of those days where every single thing, something, like, every single day, something, like, earth-shaking has happened that has been really bad. And so, like, I had to wait for a day that I wasn't already crying to watch this show because I'm like, I can't handle it on a day where I've already been crying all day. And so that's why this is a little bit late because like yesterday was the first like, okay, I, I think I can handle this day. Ready for this emotional like, know, like So um, she takes Bo-Katan to uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's ship and asks, basically asks for their help retaking Mandalore. And Anakin is so adorable during these scenes. Oh, he's like, like big brother who's so excited his little sister's coming home. <laughs> and like he has all these gifts ready for her. And like he does all these little things for her to be like, I'm so excited to see you. It's it's him and just sheer joy at getting to be around Ahsoka again. And you know, she's a little hesitant because she, I think, more so than Anakin, has always recognized reality and and kind of recognized the truth of the world around her. Whereas Anakin isn't necessarily like, well, in a position should, to do. That. He's he's like, well, well, we should go help her because we should. And he, she right. knows, like, it, like he's like, why wouldn't we go help her? And she knows that, like, it's it's a fifty fifty chance whether she'll get. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. I, you, I think you're definitely right. Like. There's, there's just this, and you see it in the way that she knows what's coming when the Jedi Council speaks to her. Like, she yeah. knows that they will reiterate that she is no longer a part of the Jedi and so is not privy to these conversations. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's like Anakin and Ahsoka's entire thread about these earlier, you know, latter half of the season, but earlier episodes of the, of the crux of it are full of, like, missed opportunities and could have beens mm-hmm. and that I think is the most heartbreaking of all yeah. of like you know they have that scene with the two of them when he shows her the clones have painted their helmets in her honor which was like huh they have this conversation they have he gives her her lightsabers as the gift and then there's this moment where she says you know he's leaving and it's the last time they're gonna see each other but she doesn't know that and he doesn't know that. And she says, like, good luck. You know, he turns back for a step. She says, good luck, and then goes. And there are moments where she says, I'll tell him later, or we'll, we'll see it later, or whatever. And you know it it will never later, be. Yeah. Uh. When she says, tell Anakin, and Obi-Wan says, I will. Uh. She doesn't have <laughs> to say it. Like, she doesn't have to say, like, tell Anakin I love him. Like, like they know. Like, they and it's know. just... 
Oh, this it it was it was really it was real. Oh my god. Okay, can we talk about the uh the fight scene with Maul? Holy okay. shit. Okay. So one of the things that um that I was specifically looking forward to is in Rebels when Maul encounters Ahsoka again. Um, we know you know we know like when like we know like we we've known all along that they're that they faced each other that they fought each other we just never saw it on screen um we knew and so when in rebels when he sees her he calls her lady tana Uh and it's like what did she do to earn that level of respect from maul and now (laughs) we know this is easily one of the coolest like action sequences in all of Clone Wars. They used, like, real people in mocap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or something along those lines. Yeah, like Ray Park, who played Maul mm-hmm. in whenever the, the uh, like, the, yeah. <laughs> the fan, in those, I don't know why. I, yeah, like, why I forgot the name of that movie. <laughs> but it shows in just absolutely stunning animation. Like, I genuinely think it's in, like, the top five fights of all of Star Wars. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Oh yeah. Outstanding. And even when you kind of sort of know what's coming, you're still on the I edge was of your seat. So like I knew Ahsoka was gonna survive. Like the whole scene yeah. scene, the, that whole like from the mall fight to like Order sixty six, all of that. I was on the edge of my seat and I knew mm-hmm. what was gonna happen. And still I was like, how's she gonna get out of this? How's she gonna get out of this? What's gonna happen? But the scenes I want to call out is first when Maul is like who like I don't even like he's basically just like who are you and like the <laughs> difference between that and like calling her Lady Tano later like it's just like like I love that like a b how much Anakin and Obi-Wan just like knew that she could handle him yep which is a huge mark of respect Maul is very you know like Maul killed Qui-Gon like and like like Obi-Wan knows this like more than anyone else how skilled Maul is and he's just like yeah so could bring him in you can do it and I I just I think that's amazing well I want you to talk about actually because you brought this up when we were talking about it yesterday um Obi-Wan's relationship to Maul and Maul's relationship to Obi-Wan. Yes, I think one of, okay, so one of, I think, the most interesting things about Maul is his obsession with Obi-Wan and the fact that Obi-Wan just doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Maul thinks that their obsession is mutual and that, like, 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 Maul, Maul's obsessed with Obi-Wan, which I understand, but, like, Obi-Wan cut him in half. But, like, Maul is just obsessed with Obi-Wan and is like, what is he thinking sending this girl? What is his grand plan about how to deal with me by sending this girl? And Obi-Wan's just like, yeah, he's hard to kill. Make sure I'm six this time. Like, <laughs> I'm super I, busy. <laughs> right. I love, I love that. I love that drama. Like, I love, I love that. I think it's hilarious. Um, because it is so characteristic of both what we know of Maul and what we know of Obi-Wan. And of how their, their story ends. Oh, yeah. Right, Twin, which is in like, uh, the Rebels episode Twin Sons, which is which is so good. So good. Um, because it it this is just a piece of their story. Yeah. But Maul doesn't know that. Like mm-hmm. Maul doesn't realize what a small part he is of Obi Wan's story until Twin Sons. I think Obi Wan is one of the driving forces of Maul's story. Mm-hmm. But Maul is such a small part of Obi Wan's story. 
Yeah, and, and that I, and, is... And when Maul realizes it in Twin Sons, it's... I mean, Maul is, like, yes, he's a villain, but he's one of the most heartbreaking characters of Star Wars. He gets used over and over mm-hmm. again, and just... Yeah, it's a heartbreaking story. Um, I do. um, Oh, there's something. There's something else that I found hilarious that I wanted to talk about. I'll get. It'll come back to me. Um, but oh, when when I'm like I'm texting live texting preview my reactions, and then I'm like oh like after order sixty six I'm like oh Ahsoka's going for Maul. She's gonna team up with Maul. And then like five seconds later she's like I don't want to team up with you. I need (laughs) your garbage. And then he's like, can I have a weapon? She's like, I'm not rooting for you. Oh it's my so God. Good. I lost it. I laughed so, like, it was such a cathartic laugh. Well, oh, you know, so I do want to mention, because I thought this was such a big thing that Maul tells Ahsoka. Yeah. What, exactly what what's coming. going to happen. And she doesn't, this is where her flaw comes out, right? This is where she and... I think Anakin have very similar flaws in their kind of inability to be more Jedi-like, right? And and, and feel Jedi-like, right? And really like recognize that you know she she feels the fear, but we know that she doesn't she doesn't believe it until she sees the the truth for herself in Rebels, Mm -hmm. um, in that in that terrifying showdown that she and Vader have. And so when Maul tells her, it's again, it's another one of those could have moments that could have been, what could have been if she had gotten there in time, if she had been able to have the conversation, it's those moments of missed opportunities that are just intense, but it also solidifies her hatred for him of this. Like I cannot, you know, she's not rooting for him partly because of his actions, but also partly because of what he said about her big brother. Well, I think it's also just like, I cannot fathom a world in which what you said is correct. Right. Oh my so God. It's, it's like, I can't fathom a reality in which what you said comes to pass. So I have to defeat you. And maybe if I eliminate you, it's like changing what you, she can't, she can't go and find Sidious, but what she can do is kill the messenger a little bit. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, yes. it's tragic. Like, because it is. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It is so, um, yeah, it's, yeah, God. It's just, it was such a good, it was such, I think you told me um, this was, like, the, this arc was almost, like, perfect storytelling, and I agree. Yes. It, it and I, it makes me think about the moment where you know order 66 is about to happen and ahsoka mm-hmm. is standing on the bridge and we hear the audio of anakin's fall basically yeah. we hear the audio of mace windu ki- trying to you know um execute palpatine city and i think uh, ahsoka assumes he's dead because she yeah. doesn't hear him after that the you hear Anakin saying, "What have I done?" And then you have to wonder, what is she think? Like we don't know. We don't. We yeah. don't find out in the series what she's thinking and if she has, in the back of her head, hearing what Maul said, because she says, "You know, Rex, I think something terrible has happened." Mm-hmm. And I mean, I really just I want another book from 
Kate Johnston about Ahsoka. Yeah. That is, yeah. I need to reread it because it's been so long. But that Ahsoka book, which takes place just post uh, Revenge of the Sith, and when she's in hiding and kind of coming to terms with who she's going to be in Rebels. I need to reread that, but I also want Kate to write another book with knowing all of this storytelling. Mm-hmm. I want Kate to just write some fanfic. I know she can't. <laughs> I know she probably is legally right. like not allowed to write Ahsoka fanfic, but I want her to write it. <laughs> but like that way we don't have to wait for, yeah. <laughs> for publication. <laughs> um, well, and it's also, I think, um, I think this arc and then reading Kate's book and then watching Rebels uh-huh. is like a perfect, like, it's like a perfect arc. It is. And I think Ahsoka, I said this to you yesterday, that I think Ahsoka and Maul represent the best of what Star Wars can do for character yeah. and what uh, outside or, or what kind of... um the expanded universe and the expanded media can do can, yeah. for, for these characters, because, you know, Maul is an amazing story. Like his character arc is incredible. Ahsoka, I think is one of the best characters Star Wars has ever yeah. given us and never appears in a movie. Yep. Outside of like her voice and, uh, the Last Jedi, and so and like Maul is so much Rise more than what you saw on screen. Exactly, and so it's it's like you have these moments, and so when the last two episodes is all about Ahsoka and Rex and their escape and how her how she ends up getting to where she go she where she's going is intensely heartbreaking. Yeah. But I love that she I love. The moment that she's trying to get Rex back, because you know Rex comes back. We know it from Rebels. And she pulls the chariot in way of, I'm one with the Force. The Force is with me. Like, I got goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Because I think that's the only time we've ever heard anyone besides Chirrut say it. Mm -hmm. Chirrut and Baze, yeah. But it mattered. And it helped her to get into that space where she had Rex's backup. And those droids also... Oh, I I screamed when when they got rid of them. <laughs> and I but appreciated that, that and, Ahsoka said to them like, "This is dangerous. Are you sure you want to yes. help me?" Like giving yes, them a choice, like, like it's... autonomy. Yes. And they all were like, "Absolutely, we want to help." Like it was getting to see the horror of Order sixty six on a very personal level, but then also seeing the end. A lot of the Order sixty six stuff we see is choppy too like we see a flashback to order 66 and then a continuation of the current storyline this is one of the few times besides um like i know we've seen it in comics but like this is one of the few times in um that we're seeing it kind of contemporaneously with revenge of the Sith. i think this might be like we've seen some comics but generally speaking there there's not a lot a lot of it is like it is in fallen order where you see the flashback and then return to the present time and this is the, the the first time we see like extended what it ha- what happens when you are truly friends with these people. Yeah. Like you, these were your contemporaries. These were your peers. These are people you trusted with your life and all of a sudden have this like manic, terrifying need yeah. to end you. Because the closest otherwise it comes is uh, Obi-Wan and Cody. And really, from what I recall, it's just Cody shooting at Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan like falling yes. like you don't get that reckoning that no, like emotional you don't, reckoning you don't it's get just, it 
Like, you know, his beloved commander turns on him, but you don't get the emotional. Right. The emotional impact. And here with both Rex and Ahsoka trying so hard not to kill them, you know, oh, also you get to see the parallel. Maul deals with the clones and how Ahsoka and Rex deal Mm -hmm. with the clones, which is like so wonderful because that scene of Maul in the hallway was so terrifying. Yeah. Like he didn't have any weapons and he didn't need it, right? He was horrifying in his kind of survival. And you also Um, know that Ahsoka could have done that. Yes. She refused. She refused. Basically, she refused to do it. And yes, they died in the crash, but that was you know like there was nothing she could do about that right. if you know like it's it's yeah oh yeah and then that last sequence mm-hmm. of vader coming to the moon months later Clearly, you know yeah. after after seeing watching ahsoka we watch ahsoka like leave the lightsaber behind and vader coming and I, there's a there's a shot where the light is coming down on him and you can kind of see through the eye lens, yeah. which is very kind of rare in a lot of Vader stuff because it humors him. Uh, it was just such an, an incredible shot, I think, to end the series on yeah. of, well, now we know what's coming. Yeah. But you need this moment of like, they allowed it to have a moment of loss for Anakin within Vader. Yeah. And this is something that uh, Preeti and I were talking about yesterday. Um, I'm starting to more and more think of Vader and Anakin as two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, and it's not just because it's hard because I like Anakin and I want to reconcile. Like I want him his redemption. You know, like it's not it's not just about that. It's like when we see people writing Vader. Um, you pointed out that a lot of times Darth Vader. It's about Darth Vader accessing Anakin's memories. Yeah. And it's like he has access to the what Anakin knew, but he doesn't feel the emotions associated with the memory. Like, I do feel like it's like a fracturing of the mind. Like, falling to the dark side is like a fracturing of the mind. Yes. Um, and it is, I feel like, yeah, I do I do feel like there's some of, it's just, like, it's, it's like, and it makes it all the more tragic because it makes it feel like Anakin is in there, like, fighting to get out. he's or he's just so lost because of the intense trauma that he went through that there isn't he's just he's gone gone yeah because there's you know greg pock is writing a vader series now which i I desperately need to read but there was Mm -hmm. a vader series several years ago and sewell right huh charles was it charles i I I can't remember but um there's an issue where he has to go back into his memory and it's it feels very much like yeah. Vader walking through someone else's memories and and reacting as though they're someone else's oh, memory. Oh, no, it was Karen Gillan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's Karen, Karen Gillan. Gillan. I was yeah. like, Charles Sewell sounds, sounds wrong. Charles Sewell, uh, I feel like, wrote a more recent something. He's writing, he's writing one now. He's writing, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, Luke and, and Ben I, yeah. thing right now. Um. But there, it's this issue where he goes back through his memories and and it's very much, it feels like he's very much an outsider and very much an ex- observer rather than someone yeah. who truly went through it and truly remembers the, the experience of going through it. So it's it's just interesting how we reconcile these two characters who are mm-hmm. so different um, 
and also like trauma and loss and being groomed like will impact you it's it's just yeah. a lot it's, it's so, a lot. so much sadness so much um <laughs> is that i think i mean i mean it's hard because like this is the last season of clone wars and there wasn't to the story that they're inside there wasn't we got like a second of Padme right Mm -hmm. that one like sad moment where she and Anakin like hold hands through the hologram um we didn't get very much Mm Obi-Wan like we didn't get very much Anakin um but this was really Ahsoka's story to be told yeah this was the we've we've said again and again that it's sad that she's never she's rarely able to take center stage and I feel like this was one of those moments where she got to and it was Mm -hmm. nice to have the focus on her yeah Um, it was brilliant especially because we know um with Obi-Wan we'll be seeing more of him soon we will be seeing more Obi-Wan and we'll be seeing more Ahsoka soon supposedly Um, I feel like that it's been like quote unquote confirmed that she'll be appearing, but star I feel like I don't believe it until starwars.com announces it. That's true. And so <laughs> I just I'm like, oh, maybe we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um I just need to know that she knows yeah. that in the end Anakin came back. <laughs> yeah, that he was redeemed. I need to know. Kate, <laughs> Kate, we need you to write the book that bridges Thanks. the gap. Please. That are left. Um, please and thank you. Um, I'm sure there's so much more that we didn't get to and, and weren't. But it's feel, for us, I think it's Ahsoka is yeah. the story. Yeah. Yep. I think that's fair. Right. Um, okay. So what are you into right now? <laughs> what I am into is an old grudge that will never die. And that is... Avatar The Last Airbender is uh, coming to Netflix. The cartoon is coming to Netflix because they're going to do a live action to try to make up for the uh, the the misstep, we'll say, that happened with the uh, live action movie however long ago. Um, but they're bringing the cartoon back to Netflix. And it's so good. It's just, it's incredibly written. It's an incredible, like, incredibly animated. But they set up like, in the most trope-filled way possible, potential romance between these two characters, Zuko and Katara. When I say trope-filled, it's like enemies to lovers. It's like she uh, gives him a chance at redemption. She He helps her, like, go and find her mother's murder. Like, it's like all these pieces of, like, trope-filled potential romance, and then they just, they just don't do it. They, it just... And it... It's been, it's probably been, what, over a decade since this series aired. And it is, I will like, it is the, I will go down with the ship and I will be mad forever. Mm-hmm. So all I'm doing right now is like reading Zutara fanfic. Oh. <laughs> like, trying to catch that high of like, what, what could have been if you just leaned into the narrative tools and the narrative like story you gave us. Okay, so I'm going to admit something. I, I I think I've said this before. I've never seen Avatar The Last Airbender. Now that it's coming back to Netflix, I might go ahead and try and watch it. I did not know that Zutara wasn't a character. I didn't realize <laughs> Zutara was the name of a ship because I've heard so much about Zutara, Zutara, Zutara and had no that. idea. Like, that's why, like, like, ever, like I, I didn't realize. I was like, oh, Zutara isn't a character? 
Okay, nope. so this, you learn something it's new every Yuko day. Yuko and Katara, who should have been together forever. So is a live action going to be a sequel, or is it going to remake? It's a, it's a remake. I, I'm kind of hoping they'll play. I mean, they'll never do this, but I kind of hope they change the story. Okay. It's genuinely to the point where I can't. I, it's so frustrating to me. I can't rewatch it. Why wouldn't they change the story? I, I don't know. I feel like it's maybe like it, maybe they would. I feel like I, I mean it just gives them more creative room, right? If they're willing to. I mean the dragon prince. I'm just thinking about like the um the uh like Final Fantasy VII remake where. True. That's a good point. Like there are some changes. Like they do do more character exploration. They do you know than the original you yeah. know. That's a very good point. Um. Because if they, it's the same creative team behind the Dragon Prince, which is the Netflix series, and the Dragon Prince seems to be leaning more into like following the story they are writing. Mm-hmm. So may I don't know, maybe I I'll well, keep my fingers see. crossed. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I guess that's my turn. I'm doing. I'm right. I finished Final Fantasy VII remake, as I mentioned, and now I'm. Um, sorry, I had to. Sorry if you just. All of y'all just heard that. Um, I thought I heard the baby crying, but he is not. Um, I uh, started Assassin's Creed Origins. So I've heard a lot about the Assassin's Creed series, like, over the years. Like, people love it, and then they got sick of it, and then blah, blah, blah. And, like, Assassin's Creed Origins was supposed to be, like, kind of a reboot for the series. And so I picked up Origins and Odyssey. I think it's Odyssey. On, a, Odyssey. like, a really good PlayStation sale. And so I was like, okay, I'll give them a try. Happy to report I'm really having fun with Origins. I've heard Odyssey is better um, in terms of character and story, uh, but I was like, I'm not going to play the better one first and then play that. <laughs> so I'd rather, like, save the better one. for. And they go in this order, like, the, like, I guess there's a little bit of an overarching story, though I actually haven't experienced much of it yet. Um, even though I'm pretty, I've been playing the game for a while, these games are just, like, so expansive. And I didn't realize there were, like, online components and, like, events and stuff like that where, like, it's not, like, multiplayer, but it's, like, they'll just, like, add a new mission on and be, like, you have 12 hours to complete this mission if you want to. You don't have to. It's all side stuff. But um, you can just play the main quest if you want. But um, I don't know. It keeps it interesting and relevant. You can kind of choose what you do. And the scenery is just, like, like, it's set in ancient Egypt. But, like, I think it's super interesting that they didn't set it at, like, the height of ancient Egypt. They set it during like the Cleopatra Ptolemy period where like Egyptian culture is kind of decaying and Greek, mm-hmm. the Greeks have moved in and are kind of, like, it's, it's super, it's just super interesting time for them to have said it during. Um, anyway, I, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Definitely recommend it. If you can, I'm not sure. I, I think like the gold package is like a hundred dollars. I got it for like 20. I would not on sale. I would probably would wait for a sale, but I'm really enjoying it. I was going to say, cause I bought Odyssey because it was $15. Yeah. Like it was super cheap. If you're not looking at your PlayStation store every now and again, I would I say check like, it once like, a week. Like, like I would just, what I have done is added all the games I'm interested to my wish list, And I just like mm-hmm. check once a week what's on sale because they're running so many sales right now. So many. It's like, and it's why like Spider-Man was 20 bucks. The entire yeah. thing, the game of the year mm-hmm. edition was 20 bucks, like two weeks ago. And that is an incredible deal for the amount yeah. of gameplay Jedi you get. Fallen Order was 20 bucks a few weeks ago. Like, and it's a pretty new game. So, like, mm-hmm. they're just running massive sales. Um, so, I mean, the fi- I wouldn't count on the Final Fantasy VII remake. No, I going on sale anytime soon. <laughs> because 
it's so <laughs> successful. So I wouldn't count on that. But generally speaking, um, they do really good. Yeah, because I got especially Witcher if the games. Yeah, I got Witcher for fifteen dollars. Um, generally speaking, if you've had an eye on a game for more than about six months to a year, uh, add it to your list and go check every once in a while. Um, okay. Okay, so we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Today, we want to shout out Southern Fried Asians, whose April 15th episode has Keith Chow in conversation with entertainment reporter and Deadline.com editor Dino Ray Ramos. And he chats about being Filipino-American and being from Texas. And I know Dino. I know Dino very well. And he is an amazing person to follow and read. He is absolutely somebody who is um, constantly supporting the Asian community and and everybody who is encompassed therein. Um, so definitely give that a listen. Um, with, we do have a Patreon, and we thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers, Meredith Rooney and Maya at the $12 level, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Gayathri, Jerome, Claire, Brian, Robert, Sylvia, Chris, the Knott family, and Priya at the $5 level. We really appreciate you supporting the podcast. Um, it means, I'll say, like, we know times are tough right now, and that means a lot, and so. Yes. Um, Oh no, I don't know what we say next because we did not even though we've done forty five episodes of this, I still don't know what to say. If we tell you where to find us, you can find us on Twitter at Desi Geek Girls. I am at Run with Skizzers. I am at S Krishna. And until next time. We'll see you in hell.